Yeah. <laughs> so that the sound clip from Carl that you picked is aw- awesome because I know what he's saying. He's saying it's sad that there aren't human sacrifices anymore, and that's awesome. <laughs> Pop yourself a beer or a cold libation. Let me tell you how I wrote this little thing. I went and took a call from brother Jason, and he tells me that he has a little dream. He says he needs a backwards intro to begin his podcast, and I ask him what you got. He said I'll start off with some talking and some moody clips of popcorn, fighting fantasy explorations and some groundless exploitation. Kickstarts that I'm watching and some blind unboxings, full month horror movie marathon. Sometimes I let the box come on. Contest and of course you know it's all about games. I said slow down, let's just start with the name. It's the nerds. With the other Jason. Welcome back to Nerds RPG Variety Cast. I'm your host, Jason. Today is basically an apology to Carl, to be honest. So, that clip you heard at the top of the show was Joe Richter of Hindsightless, very tickled that Carl loves human sacrifice. Or is he? Here is actually the call that Joe sent me. Yeah. <laughs> so, that the sound clip from Carl that you picked is awesome because I know what he's saying. He is saying that it is sad that human sacrifices went on for so long in human history that they lasted until just mostly modern times. But, (laughs) but if one isn't paying too close attention, it sounds like he's saying it's sad that there aren't human sacrifices anymore. And that's awesome. (laughs) Normally I do not edit my callers calls at all. I edited Joe's here just kind of for the yucks to throw that at the top of the show, but I wanted to play the full message right away. On the episode that Joe is referring to, my previous episode number 319, the one with the arm wrestling, I was talking about Celtic Druids in 1st Edition D&D Deities and Demigods and how they're required to do human sacrifices. And Carl called in talking about how, you know, a lot of groups in the real world did human sacrifices and it shouldn't be limited just to Celtic Druids. It's kind of unfair to call them out, especially. And I went back and talked to Carl about, well, you know, D&D is not the real world and they're just pulling out bits and pieces here and there. But Carl calls back and doubles down on his stance, which good for him. Anyway, the the point is we're we're about to get into those calls from Carl where he calls in and we're going to talk more about human sacrifice here. But I just wanted to say I don't normally edit people's calls. In that episode 319, I took a clip of what Carl was saying and played at the beginning kind of for a humorous thing. But I did play his entire call during the episode so you could get it in context. And I did the same thing for Joe Richter here. At the top of the show, there's a little clip of Joe talking that's obviously not in context. But then I did play his whole message a minute ago so you could hear it in context. This is not something I plan on doing in the future, at least not maybe only on the rare occasion. But if I ever do take your call and play a snippet of it, I will play the whole call that same episode so people can get everything in context. So don't worry about me putting together ransom demands out of your calls or something like that. Although that is kind of a good idea. Okay, back to the episode Now we're going to get Carl's responses to my telling him 
D&D is just a game, it's not the real world, you, you know, and they cherry-picked what they wanted. But Carl has feelings about that stance. Hey, Jason, I guess I have a comment back on the sacrifice thing. So why would D&D lore single out Celtic culture for sacrificing people and not the other cultures? I think, honestly, it's because the research they did at the time suggested that only those cultures did it or they overlooked. They decided that they didn't want to put a blinder on their faces that Norse Roman did not, for example, when they something they did or maybe, you know, they just didn't do their research. Um, that kind of seems to be a lot of the case in those early incarnations of D&D. Either the archaeology had not caught up to what they studied out or um, they just overlooked it. So there you go. And I, you know, why is one based in the real world and one others are not? That doesn't really make sense to me uh, unless it's just an arbitrary choice. I'm going I'm to double down and say it was an arbitrary choice because, I mean, I would assume that the designers of D&D read the same things that I did growing up in high school that we all had to read, Bullfinch's mythology, mythology, the Iliad, the Odyssey, and there are definitely examples of human sacrifice, um, an important one being how Agamemnon sacrificed Iphigenia to Artemis um, at the start of the Trojan War. Um, so... Andromeda being sacrificed to the Titan, right? Um, although that was stopped. But still, you know, there is that vibe in that culture and why then it was overlooked, um, you know, uh, who knows. So priests of Artemis should sacrifice, worshippers of Artemis. I mean, it's kind of a weird, arbitrary, almost stereotype, really. Hey, Carl, I appreciate the calls, and I appreciate the desire to get this right. I'm not going to back down from my stance either that deities and demigods and D&D in general is not supposed to be the real world. Deities and demigods pulls inspiration from real-world pantheons, yes, but they modify it to fit the game world. So you have gods in deities and demigods, they've intentionally changed their domains or omitted things because they want it to better fit the game world. James Holloway over at Monster Man's patron podcast, Patron Deities, goes in depth into this. So if you listen to that, he calls out those differences and you know maybe speculates on why they do it and this and that. But Zeus in D&D is not the same as Zeus in Bullfinch mythology. And I do stand by that. But that said, definitely what they do is arbitrary. No question about it. That said, I was a little bit wrong when I responded to you because there are more deities in there and deities and demigods that do human sacrifice or request their clerics give them human sacrifices, I should say. So let's look at that. So my copy is a deity. Deities and Demigods is the first printing, and so this is page 135 of my copy. It may be a different page on your copy of AD&D First Edition Deities and Demigods, but there's a chart in the back of the book that lists all the different deities, and it lists their preferred kinds of sacrifices, and I made a little list here of all the ones that get human sacrifices. Now, I skipped over the... the um, non or the fictional 
pantheons. So I didn't include the Cthulhu mythos. I didn't include the Melibonian mythos. I didn't include the Newhonian mythos, right? Um, that I probably said that last one wrong. That's the, of course, those last two are the Elric stories and the Fafra and the Grey Mouser stories. And I skipped the non-human deities. So I, I didn't include those in my list here. But just going off that, that chart, the Babylonian deities, Druga requires human sacrifices, the Celtic, on top of what the Druids are normally supposed to do, you have Morgana. The Central American deities have five different ones, and I there's no way I can correctly pronounce their names, so I'm not going to try. The Egyptian ones, Anhor, or Anher, Indian, Kali, and Norse, Hell, the, you know, your goddess in the other world. All those do specify human sacrifices in here, in addition to the call-out that all Celtic priests are Druids and all Druids are supposed to do human sacrifices. So it's not just the Celts, but it's definitely is arbitrary. And again, I think part of that's because they don't want all of their player characters having to do human sacrifices, right? Aside from the Druids who are eco-terrorists anyway. And I, I'm a little bit tug-in-cheek there. I, I think the Druid is eco-terrorist is a more modern take on the class, to be honest. But so it is arbitrary. Yes, Carl, you're right. And if you want, but I, I mean, that's the problem with using real world pantheons as your basis for this mythical game, because the game world isn't our earth. So why use our pantheons to, in there, right? Well, we do it because we're familiar with those pantheons to some degree. We all know the, most of us know the Greek mythology and Norse mythology and, and the Greek mythos are especially ripe to use because those gods interfere a lot and do different things. So that's why we do it. But you could argue this is why you really need to have a fictional pantheon for your fictional world. Thank you, for Carl, for calling in and holding my feet to the fire. I deserve that, and I need you to keep me straight. I really appreciate it. I hope this little bit shorter episode helps everybody because tomorrow is going to be a little bit longer episode. We're going to do a bunch of AD&D call-ins. I've got feedback from a bunch of people. A bunch of great calls, so look for that on Friday, and then we'll move on to something else on Saturday. I just want to pitch my contest really quick for this month. My contest this month is what RPGs do you own or do you not own? It's okay whether you own it or not. And not just RPGs. What games do you own? RPGs, board games, card games. No video games, please. But what games do you have that you've never gotten to play that you want to play? Either running it as a GM or playing it as a player. Call in, let me know. This was inspired by a comment to me by Arlen Walker. I need all the entries by the 31st of March, midnight, East Coast time, New York time. And I will give the winner a $20 drive through RPG gift certificate, send $20 to the charity of their choice, just like normal. Um, yeah, you can send me messages on Anchor. You can send an email to nerdsrpgvarietycast at gmail.com. Attach an audio file. I will play it in the award show and make you famous. Or you can reach out to me on various discords. So send me those entries. I've already got a couple that are really wonderful. I'm curious, what is that game that you haven't got to play that you want to you know, either your group doesn't want to play or you can't buy a copy anymore. You really want to play Cyborg Commando, but you can't find a copy. And Rob over down the heap won't sell you his. Something like that. So let me know. And yeah, 
I want to thank all my callers. Thank you so much, Joe and Carl. Thank you for being understanding and me playing with your messages a little bit. Carl, thank you for keeping me honest. I want to thank Ray Otis for the coffee cup clip art. Of course, today, instead of using coffee cup clip art, because we're talking about human sacrifices, I'm using a screenshot from The Wicker Man. What is that? What is that? What is it? Oh, no, not the beast! Not the beast! Ah! I'm losing my eyes! My eyes! Ah! Ah! <laughs> no, not that Wicker Man. The original Wicker Man. Jeez, you guys are silly. And as always, I want to thank TJ Drennan for the wonderful music. I do want to chat out a couple things really quickly if you have extra time and you're interested. First off, I want to mention Arlen Walker from Live from Pelham's Wasteland is doing something he calls March Character Creation Mayhem over on his YouTube channel. Go to YouTube, search for Live from Pelham's Wasteland. Every day in March, he's creating a character for a different RPG to kind of show show off different RPG systems. So if you have some free time, go check that out. Also, I want to mention Barney Dicker of Local Ludus. In the latest episode of his podcast called Local Ludus, it'll be linked in the show notes, he talks about his current crowdfunding project, Neo-Triassic Shoreline Regression Syndrome, and he also talks about his experiences with Powered by the Apocalypse and running the Root RPG. Very interesting comments from him on those things. So, if you're bored... You can do worse than check those out. Okay, folks, take care and have a great rest of your day. Joke about your spouse, but the operator screaming it's coming from inside the house. What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? Well, the audience is pretty sure he took a pretty head, and the only question left is if I fail to shoot him dead. Bring on the gold, bring on the gold. Sure is a dustman and your moil is by a zipper And I'm assuming that your partner back there in the wood shipper Don't look away Don't look away Don't look away Don't look away Well the zombies are arising and the world is gone to hell We're living for the dying and we're dying for the train wreck